there's something super dangerous about not talking about how you're feeling right now. Now, I know all November we've been talking about this, but I want to draw an analogy here of soda. I know it sounds weird. I'm not even a soda drinker, but I'm going to do it because it is honestly pretty much what happens. Have you ever seen what happens to a soda bottle when somebody drops it on the floor and it's gotten shaken up and it gets all fizzy and then they're like, oh, you know, I just want to drink it now. Maybe if I open the top, it won't be that bad. And then you do and it's just like everywhere, all over your clothes, all over the counter. You're just like, why right now? And then it's a bit bit of a mess, right? If anybody's drinking a carbonated beverage, um, that is what happened. Well, you know what? When you take your emotions, hate to say it, and you don't talk to anybody about it, you just keep pushing through, you know, working hard, just like whatever, I'll just keep going at it. Or you just keep pushing those feelings down of how sad you are, how hurt you are, how angry you are. And you just keep it inside. Well, eventually, sis, somebody takes the cap off for you. It's just a natural thing where you can't take it anymore and you reach your point of no return. Well, that has happened to a couple sisters, including myself. And I'm going to share today exactly what happened. Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast on this Black Friday. Yeah, hate to say it. Um, Not everybody's going to, you know, get into the Black Friday thing, but we can't pretend it's not happening with all the Black Friday flashy madness all over the place. I've probably got at least 50 emails in my inbox, not even joking, from all different things that I might have looked like I was slightly interested in once. And now I have a million Black Friday emails. Anyone else have any of those? Hands up. So even like, I don't have regular TV, to be honest, I watch Apple TV, or I just have YouTube or, you know, Netflix or whatever it is. But even on those, I know it's just like every five seconds in a commercial, or every time you're on any web server right now, something's popping up. Well, it is Black Friday madness. That is not the topic of today. But I just wanted to say, if you are shopping, shop responsibly. This is a time where everybody feels a little bit not so good this time of year. And they kind of know that. So they're kind of like flashing things all over you so that you'll like emotionally buy. You know how like people have emotional eating where they'll just like eat a whole tub of ice cream? Yeah, I know a lot of you guys do. Could you let me know? And that's why we have like motivation struggles or whatever. Yeah. So emotional eating and emotional shopping, they kind of go hand in hand. You feel really like garbage. You figure if I just buy a lot of stuff and put it in my cart and those things get delivered to my house, it's going to make me feel really happy. But you know what? That might happen for a hot second. You know as well as I do, when you get the bill later on or the money comes out your account, you feel depressed. Not only are you depleted financially, but you're depleted kind of emotionally because that thing that brought you happiness temporarily didn't actually bring you real happiness. And so today we're going to go into talking about emotions. We're ending our emotions sprint. We're going to end it in November. We took about a month just to get you guys acclimated into like feeling what you're feeling. I know that can be super uncomfortable, but here's the thing. If you don't address it, it's just going to get worse. It's going to fester kind of like my soda bottle explanation when I did in the intro. And before we dive into um, the three signs 
that you're bottling up your emotions because I need I need us to learn how to mindfully identify so we can fix our life. People, bottom line, they want to get happier. They want to not be stressed out. They want to not have problems with their relationships. But it requires a lot of mindfulness. And most of us don't want to be so mindful because here's the thing about mindfulness. It sounds really cute on the internet. But once you start getting mindful, it feels uncomfortable for a hot minute. And it's uncomfortable because growth happens with discomfort. So when you feel discomfort, that's actually good. Even though it doesn't feel really good. It's actually good because it shows that you're managing or dealing or addressing with something, but it doesn't really feel so good in the moment. And that's why women usually when they get to that point of like, yeah, I want to do that, but ooh, doesn't feel so nice. They need a lot of support around them to keep cheering them on. And I know with the Thrive Musuma um, crew that we have going on, that's what we do. A lot of you guys know for two more days only, and if I didn't announce it Monday, so sorry guys, it's something that came up midweek. Um, two days only, we're gonna have Thrive Musuma open. So if you're a person who needs that support, uh, we usually only open this in Ramadan. We noticed that women were kind of craving it. We said, you know what, we're just going to open the doors for these three days. It was started yesterday, actually. So for two more days, I'll put the link below. You can get that support um, inside of our private international membership. And a lot of you guys know, a lot of you guys know, it is kind of like the big virtual hug that we have. But more than that, what if you didn't already know what we have inside of it, I'm going to tell you so you know, there are monthly workshops live vaults of resources, 100 plus um, ebooks, PDFs, everything. We just give them to you free in there. Um, group mentorship. A lot of you guys on the podcast are in it and you know you meet up weekly with women and get live support um, with our coaches and stuff in there. Um, we have monthly halakas. We just did one. Shout out to the women who are in the halakha. I know who you are. And um, 30 minute free consultations with me privately, one on one. Monthly prizes for 100 bucks, like that little recent emotions thing we did for the prize. We do those every single month in Thrive just to cheer you on and get you excited. We have revert classes. We have personal pathways on better relationships, emotional health, parenting, all that stuff, self love, self confidence. We even have help in Ramadan. We just signed on, I didn't announce this officially yet, a new Quran teacher with monthly Arabic classes, fun discounts, and a whole bunch more. So if you're not already in there and you want that support all year round, we will not open this again until Ramadan. Go on in. Lastly, announcement is in light of Black Friday, because we know everybody's going to kind of run for the flashy objects, right? Everybody's running with their <laughs> with their shopping cart, whether virtually or not, um, you know, in person, like looking for those things that make them feel good. But we know what really will make you feel good is addressing what you need to address, but we know that's hard. So we just want to announce here one time because it's ending by this weekend. We have done the biggest thing we have ever done. Um, we said, you know what? People need to use this time to invest in themselves. So we have put our courses. I know you guys know we have them. Buy one, get one free. Yeah, like it's that big huge. Like if you normally, oh, I just want to try one of her courses, buy one, get one entirely 100% free. These are courses that are worth a lot and have taken me two decades to put together in terms of education. You're going to get them in a small amount of time. And a lot of people ask me, well, I'm busy right now. I have exams. You get them now and you get access to them for the full year. Most of them only take about four weeks to do. So you secure it now so you have it. You don't have to do it right now. You could do it later. So just so you know, guys, don't lose that one. And then we have some um, courses also 
completely 50% off. So go on in and get those. All right. So we're going to go straight into the podcast talking about the three signs. These signs are really important because um, they're things that can honestly save your life. For me, I'm about to tell a story of mine. I literally was in the ER. Very, very dangerous situation. My husband literally thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to die because of my emotions. So stay tuned. Do not miss this um, podcast because by the end, I'm going to tell about that story and exactly what I did to come out of it and actually completely thrive by the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So one of the first signs that you are bottling up your emotions is that you don't just yell. Like you're not really a yeller. You don't really talk like loudly about the way you feel. But when you do, you erupt. It's kind of like a volcano. Look at me, my analogies today. Oh my goodness, with eruptions. It's really true. Like there are those volcanoes that are these beautiful, gorgeous islands, you know, sunbathing and, and just like blue crystal clear waters and just lovely, you know, nature and, and, um, birds and everything like beautiful, beautiful place, but they have these volcanoes and then out of nowhere, they just erupt and destroy everything there is that is beautiful about the island. Well, that's kind of what happens to many women who bottle up their emotions. One of the big signs is that everything looks, you know, pretty good on the outside, but then inside it is just bubbling and bubbling and they're just, whether it's anger, sadness, anxiety, whatever, And when it does come out, they are just like, people are like, whoa, where did that come from? So if that's you, that is a sign. We know we had that with um, one of our sisters. Her name is Reem. And she um, was on a call with me. And she basically said, I don't know what it is. The other day I had the biggest blowout with my husband. And we got into her blowout about her husband. And she thought it had a lot to do with her marriage. She had called me to do a marriage consultation call. And actually, it was nothing to do with her marriage. It was some deep, deep stuff. And as we uncovered the layers, we found out that it was literally her bottling up a ton of emotions of not loving herself, not feeling good. And when her husband was doing things in the house, it was irritating her, right? So she was getting irritated. But what it really was, was a lot of deep, hurtful things that we later found out were very much connected to her relationship with her mom and many other things. So my point is, if you have that thing where like on the outside, everybody's going to think you're just like the ideal person, you know, get everything done, you smile, you're happy, you're nice with everybody, but inside it's churning. And then when it does come out, you like let it, let them have it. That could be a sign that you're bottling up your emotions and you shouldn't because it's dangerous. Another sign, sign number two, is that every time you feel uneasy, you're constantly just like distracting yourself, right? Like, oh, let's pretend like what I was talking about earlier. You want to improve yourself. You want to work on yourself. You start to go to do that. And then you're like, hmm, let me go on TikTok. Let me go on Instagram. Uh, you know, let me go on YouTube, watch a couple of videos, watch some cleaning videos, watch some day in the life videos. <laughs> By the way, day in the life video. Oh, let me announce it right now. Just remembered today I released another, a second one. So a lot of you guys have followed the podcast for a long time. Shout out to all of you longtime listeners. And if you are new here, make sure you subscribe. So you get, you can stop right now and pause it and subscribe. So you can find out every time we have a new episode. Um, but this is something you guys have been asking for a while that I just started doing because Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gifted me a beautiful sister named McCain. Shout out to McCain, who's been helping me with the YouTube videos so I can get them up. So what I've been doing is 
day in the life videos so you could see me do this stuff I talk about in the podcast in action. So one just went up about 20 minutes ago. If you caught this on Friday, um, I don't know, maybe like two o'clock. And one just went out 20 minutes ago about myself and my oldest daughter. Um, and it's me on my worst day. It's me on like a bad day. I messed up my morning routine. I had a horrible, um, I don't know, I had a horrible, I think, sleep. Uh, everything was messed up. But I show you how I pulled it together anyway because of some other stuff I had done the previous weekend so that you can learn how to manage things. I am not 100% perfect at all like anyone else. And so what happens is, let's say there's seven days in the week. Two of those days, I usually have a hard time. I have five kids. That's real life. But I don't struggle really bad. And it's not because... Um, again, I'm amazing. It's because I've had some amazing strategies that I've learned over the years. I hope I've learned something, right? Having kids 20 plus years, being married 20 plus years, you have to kind of hope you've learned something by now. So I share them with you so that you could learn a lot faster than me and save time and not make as many, mis many mistakes as I did. So you're going to find them on the uh, the YouTube channel, Mindful Muslima. Go search it up. Bad Day is, is my title, I think. But um, yeah, so that's the thing. If you're constantly distracting yourself, finding yourself surfing social media, you know, deep in Netflix. Hopefully it's not Squid Game. I'm just joking. I'm not even going to touch on that one because I know a lot of Muslims are watching that. No comment on Squid Game. So anyway, at the end of the day, I'm just saying, don't, don't lose yourself in Netflix series and not get things done and then be like, oh, I procrastinated. Oh, I didn't address the fact that I promised myself I was going to start working out. Like whatever it is, don't lose yourself in that vortex all right pull it out if you're doing that that might be that might mean you're battle, bottling up your emotions because you're not addressing things that you know are important to you and that's why we make all those courses and things they're actually how-to steps to do it so you don't get caught in the vortex and you can actually apply but you might be bottling up your emotions if you're doing this constant distract thing which i think many people do that's totally normal but it definitely is something we need to get a grip on last sign sign number three is you avoid confrontation and never address what the problem really is with someone. Do you have somebody in your life that is causing you a lot of problems? I Hands up. Yeah, if you're driving alone in the car, like, come on, thumbs up. Like, yeah, right? Shaking your head, nodding. Mm -hmm. Could be a boss. It could be your parents. It could be your teacher. It could be your husband. It could be your kids. Could be just another sister whatever it is, whoever it is, but you don't like to talk about it. It could be your in-laws, mm, the in-laws, right? You're not really addressing it. Now, some of you are going to be like, look, I would love to address it, but they're just not receptive. Not going to happen. I totally feel that one. Um, we talk about that a lot in the marriage boost course, though. There's actually ways to address it. Even if your family is um, not receptive, there's still things you can do. And what I want women to know is just because other people are not receptive, to your, you know, what your needs are and your conversation doesn't mean you cannot still live a very happy life. I, I telling you, like I just went to in my, um, in my YouTube video, I mentioned I went to a wedding, right? Now I had gone to that wedding and I cannot tell you how many people at that wedding that I saw had said to me, Oh my gosh, you look so happy. Oh my gosh, you look so this, Oh, you look like, like very positive comments. And I was thinking to myself, like, I did not notice any of that in myself, but now that I look at it and then I look at them and I know all these people for a long time, like I'm talking like one to two decades each, and I see them not looking like they're that happy. And then I'm knowing them 
and the difference in our lifestyles, I'm saying to myself, subhanAllah, Allah is really the most truthful, the most honest. Because Allah says if you spend your time doing things connecting with Him, and you really withhold. We were talking in the in the uh, in the halakha the other day in Thrive Muslimah, shout out again to those sisters, um, about patience. Um, we talked, we did another workshop um, about patience and gratitude. Shout out to those sisters again who are feverishly trying to do good, love it, um, and improve themselves and, and do the due diligence. We were on this live workshop that I do privately in the membership. We were talking about the, how patience and gratitude go hand in hand. And we were talking about how gratitude is so much connected with patience and patience is a lot of withholding. So if you're struggling, sis, like sometimes it's the patience factor and the withholding, withholding yourself from spending all night on social media, withholding yourself from buying 80 million things you really don't need on Black Friday. Let me tell you a little tip, a little Black Friday tip, by the way, of what I do with Black Friday. What I do with Black Friday is I use Black Friday to buy things that I normally couldn't afford to buy, but I know will be on sale and I know I really need them. So like I will, like, for example, right now my bedroom, I'm going to do another YouTube video on this. My last YouTube video, I mentioned that I was going to remodel and my husband was going to wallpaper. Well, thankfully my husband had off yesterday because it is a national holiday in the U S and he wallpapered my bedroom, which I will show you on my YouTube channel soon. Very excited. And so I have been leaving the wall blank literally for a year, just bought that wallpaper and it was something I invested in. And like who invests in wallpaper? But look, it was it was a good amount of money that I probably normally wouldn't have spent. But I had bought it last year on Black Friday, never had time to put it up. My husband put it up. And now Black Friday, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy only the things I need. So for example, there's certain um, things that I wanted to invest in with myself, with my children, and I'll be doing that. And I wait for Black Friday for that to happen because I know those things go on sale. And that's why we do these things for women the same way, because that's the way I do it. That's the way it might work for you. So what I wanted to also tell you in the end here is at the end of all of this, there are so many reasons why bottling up your emotions is extremely dangerous. Number one, there are serious health risks, and I'm going to describe one of them right now. Number two, you will basically never reach the level of happiness that you want because you're constantly withholding that happiness by just making sure that you never address anything that actually bothers you and getting it out of your way. You need to push it out of your way. And number three, relationships are going to suffer. Your marriage, your relationship with your children. I cannot tell you how many women call me up with consultation calls with older children, realizing that they never dealt with their own stuff as women and it got just put onto their kids. Like they themselves never loved themselves and never felt worthy. And they didn't realize it, but they were talking to their children in a way that their parents had spoken to them and making their children feel as horrible about themselves as they did. And so it's just a cycle that needs to be interrupted. So what I'm going to tell you lastly in this podcast is what put me to my last straw. So about maybe two years ago, I was doing really well in everything. So I thought, and it came to the point where I realized that there was a change that needed to happen. All the signs were there. Nothing was working out in different areas of my life as it usually would. I hit a wall, as you could say. And here's the thing that I want people to understand. There are like, I hope you've heard if you are a longtime listener, there are chapters in your book, right? There are seasons of your life. I hope you've caught on to these, um, these things that I say. And so I was hitting a breaking point that was actually a sign. 
a sign to me that I needed to turn the page out of that chapter and reach a new chapter. Now, I'm the kind of person, I'm pretty old school, and I know a lot, I have a lot of new school listeners, um, like people that are maybe 20, 24, 25, you know, 26, whatever, and they are just not used to the old school way of doing things. You guys have come on, even like Generation Z, right? You come on, you you see the um, internet, and internet is all you know, but for people like myself who are like pre all that, um, there's like traditional schooling. So like I went to university, I got a couple degrees, like the traditional way. It's not like I just came on. I'm just like here talking to you out of nowhere. I did the traditional route. I put my time in those of you who know, listen to the podcast. I'm an educator of 20 plus years. I was administrator. I was leading Muslim organizations. I was doing nonprofits. I was doing public and private sector work in education. I was doing a lot of things, helping the community, volunteering, working with big organizations. I put in all that old school time, but there something happened about two years ago. I just, it got really bad. It got really bad. I was moved into a new house and I was pushing through and I realized that, um, my schedule was so bad because the commute was so bad. If you live in New York, shout out to all the New Yorkers. How bad is the traffic? Now, if you don't drive and you take the train or you basically take your classes from home, you might not get what I'm saying. But if you need to work in New York, ooh, and you're traveling from one part of the city to another, or you're traveling from the suburbs to the city and vice versa, it is really hard. Sometimes I would take what would usually take me back in the day, 45 minutes takes me two hours plus one way. So I had got this new change in in where I was working and I was commuting and it was so, so long. I would get in the car every morning at 5.30 to beat the traffic, to be at work by 7 a.m. And even still, it wasn't working out. I would get there 7.15, 7. I didn't have to be officially at work till 7.50, but I was trying to get in the office, you know, feel calm, unwind, open up my stuff, check emails, do whatever I had to do, but it would never work because the traffic would be horrible. And then there's the parking. Oh my goodness. Circling for 20 to 40 minutes every morning, rushing in the door just as it's time for me to clock in, rushing to my desk, having to then boom, jump into work. The most frantic and anxious way to start a day. Okay, so I don't suggest that lifestyle for anyone, but for many of us, whether you live in New York or not, that is your life. You wake up in a state of anxiety. Everything is anxious and you're just trying to catch up, deal with it. And by lunchtime, you're already exhausted. By three, four o'clock, you're burnt out, but you still have to push through. And if you're a mom, you got to go home. So I would like I would finish the day at three, four. Then I would go sit in traffic again pick up my children from a late day program because they had to stay there and wait for me feeling completely guilty now as a mother. Anyone else have some mom guilt? Yeah, it's real, right? Picking them up. Like I haven't seen my kids all day. My kids are, their mind is just like, blah, 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 mommy, mommy, mommy. I have so much to tell me about their day. I could barely keep my eyes open as I have to go home, prep for the next day of work, cook, clean, help them with their homework, make sure they get a good hot meal, maybe sit with them for 20 minutes if I'm lucky, put them to bed, and then try to finish again doing more work, staying up late. My husband's there like wishing he could spend time with me. And it's just, oh, so difficult. And here we are. And then we end up, you know, showering, whatever. I'm getting to bed late and we're starting the day all over again. So it is very, very stressful. So why am I telling you this? 
because about two years ago, I was doing that. Now, mind you, on the weekends, I would also work and help to run nonprofits. Um, then I got two other phone calls or some other nonprofits asked me. That's what I specialize in helping them to like create systems and structures and run their stuff, helping them with that as best I could. People, you know, longtime relationships. I have people in the Muslim community asking me for help. I really don't have time to help if you haven't heard my schedule because I haven't even included where I do my ibadah. My ibadah started to struggle, not because I was being a weak Muslim, but because time was not my friend in this in this setup. Now, the average person might go, yeah, that's me. My schedule's crazy like that. I can't get anything done. But here's the thing as I had to remind myself, which I remind you. And Allah reminded me even faster than I was. I was working on it, but he decided that he needed me to... Um, to know even faster. And by Allah, I had to, you know, just say, okay, Allah, whatever you say, I will do. But I remembered that, you know what, my reason to be on this earth was ibadah, was worshiping Allah, not the rat race, not the running around. Okay, we all have to pay for things. We all have to do things. But at the end of the day, we have goals for ourselves. You know, I know a lot of women that they're running around doing, you know, these crazy things. And they say, well, I have goals. I have career goals. I have financial goals. I have... But we can't do it at expense of losing ourself, of losing our ibadah, the true reason we're here. So here I am, right? Not feeling so well, doing my ibadah, but like just barely, just getting it all in, but not with my full heart and not as much as I used to. I used to do extra over the top stuff. Now I could see Ramadan going to be coming in maybe at that point, like in three, four months, and I'm starting to have anxiety. How am I going to fast all day and do this schedule? And have this meal. My husband is very old-fashioned. He wants the full-on Ramadan experience. Now, it's not that he's going to be super demanding of me. He'll see my schedule. He'll tell me to take it easy. But I will watch his face quietly be so unsatisfied, and it kills me. So here I am acknowledging that and starting to stress out. And then the weather is getting colder. As I'm driving into work every day, the cold is setting in, the snow, which means I have to get up even earlier. I have to warm up my car. I have to do all these things. Does this sound familiar to anyone where you are feeling like the pressure is real and you don't have any me time? That's the other thing. Even on the weekend, I'm just trying to catch up because during the week it is crazy. And then my friends are like, oh, we haven't seen you in a while. Come on out. And I'm like, guys, I'm lucky. I just want to sleep. But then I couldn't sleep because I want you to imagine as I'm doing all that regular schedule stuff, I'm also doing mindfulness. <laughs> I'm creating YouTube, um, you know, YouTube videos. I'm writing podcasts and recording them. I'm making blog posts. I am giving courses to women. You're like, what? You're doing all that too? Yeah, wasn't working out. I could, I was working out for everyone else, but not me. <laughs> like all the people I was serving, they were getting a lot out of me, but I didn't feel my kids were getting the most out of me. And I knew a law wasn't getting the most out of me with the current schedule. And it wasn't always like that. It was just a new move I made and I was in a different place. Now, long story short, one day um, I started to have some real problems at work. I noticed some things were happening illegally. I decided to speak up. Now, that is a really hard position. I know a lot of people will be like, look, just keep your head down, mind your own business, don't say anything. But because I'm a Muslim, that's just not real. That's just not real. I know by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm held accountable. So I had noticed something illegal happening. It was related to children. And I have to say something because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold me accountable. So in the position I was in, I had to say something. So I privately went to a supervisor and told them that I had noticed something. And guess what? Supervisor 
didn't like that I brought it up. Even though I did it the right way, I did it privately. They were not interested. They decided to make my life really hard because I think somehow they were related to the problem. So they were worried about themselves. They were non-Muslim. I work with Muslims and non-Muslims. Didn't work out so well for them. And they were upset. I had come to them one or two more times imploring them to change their procedure because it really wasn't ethical. Again, privately, professionally, they got even more angry. And then it was a pressure for me. So now I'm in this place where I can't move. I can't leave that position. And at the same time, this pressure is happening. If you guys have caught any of my other podcasts, go back to my other one called How I Put Fortune 500 Companies and Bad Girls or Mean Girls in Their Place. That's another one where I had a fitna with working. And that's the thing about being a female out in the workplace. It's rough, right? Some women won't put on their hijab because they think it's hard. Some people won't tell the truth or stand up for other people because it's hard. I'm going to be honest. That's not me. Hay or high water, like I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell the truth because that's what we're called to do. Does it end up with a backlash on me? Yeah. But you know what? Oh, well, that is life. How can I sleep at night knowing other people are harmed? I'm not going to have it on my scale in Yama Qiyama. I'm good. I'm going to say something. And you know what? I'm going to trust the law. So here's the thing. It gets worse. I start to get harassed. I start to get to the point where I have to escalate it. I have to in- involve um, like legal matters, like it gets really ugly, really fast. And every day getting up and getting into my car was becoming harder and harder. My heart started to pound and I started to have what I later knew was anxiety attacks, which I never knew that that's what that was because I started to, and I've never had this before. And this is where I tell you it's dangerous, the bottling up of emotions. Cause this whole time I'm just trying to pray, be patient, and I'm just keeping it inside me. I'm talking to my husband, getting the siha from my husband and one other teacher I have. Because whenever you have a problem, ladies, you go to somebody who's more educated. I would go to my teacher. I have my own um, like role model. Alhamdulillah. So I don't mind to take calls from you guys. We need to talk it out with people. And so anyway, I would go to them. But I was still bottling it because I wasn't addressing the fact that that place was now toxic for me and I needed to leave. That's what it really came down to. And I just wasn't ready to leave because I had set goals for myself. I was like, you know what? I'll leave in like a year. Let me just get this all, like whatever. I'll just push through. But it wasn't meant to be pushed through, okay? And that's what I want to tell some of you ladies. You might not realize you're pushing through emotions right now that you should not be pushing through. And some of you say, hey, I don't know how to deal with this. Well, that's why we create resources for you women. This is whatever I share with you is whatever I do. And the entire emotions program that so many of you have given us so much positive feedback on, is exactly what I did to push through and what I normally use to push through. But in this moment, I decided to not use it. I wanted to just try something I never tried and just bear down. And all the signs that I normally would use and the position I normally would go into to save myself, I decided to ignore to try this new thing of myself, to push myself to another level for the sake of what I thought needed to be done. I ignored what made sense. Have you ever done that? Have you ever ignored what made sense just because you're like, look, I just got to do what I got to do. But guess what, guys? That's not healthy. And I'm going to tell you why it wasn't healthy. And let me fast forward into what happened to me next. I ended up blacking out. I started to happen two or three times in the same week, black out from anxiety. I have never in my, I didn't even know this was a thing. Okay. I'd be sitting with my kids ready to get coffee somewhere, pull over on the side of the road. I couldn't manage just to eat my, my poor kids. You know, I'm just trying to have a normal day with them on a Saturday day off from work. One, no, it was a Sunday. I knew I had to go in the work the next day. 
and I was having anxiety attacks. And I didn't realize they were anxiety attacks because I had stopped journaling, which I teach you guys to do. I stopped doing it because there was no time. There was just no time. I know many of you guys use my four-point journaling. You tell me how much it helps. And you tell me that when you stop doing it, you notice a difference. Well, guess what? I was guilty. I had stopped using it because I literally was overwhelmed. And then I started to black out. I remember I pulled up to the coffee shop. I was about to go in and get my kids coffee. I sat there. I started to do some deep breathing because I could feel my heart palpitating. And then I blacked out with my children in the car. I woke up and my kids going, mommy, mommy, mommy. And then I said, what happened? And they said, mommy, you were sleeping and we couldn't wake you up. And then I called my husband. I started crying. I said, I don't know what's happening to me right now. I'm blacking out. I, I think I'm sick. My husband said, you need to go to the doctor. You need to take care of yourself. Give me the kids on this day and I'll help you. And I was like, I, I, I can't do this. Anyway, long story short, that happened a couple more times until one day and I couldn't go to the doctor because there was no day off. I couldn't get a day off. I tried to get one in my work. They refused to give me a day off. And so that was another problem. So one day, remember it was Sunday again, and I didn't pick up on the pattern. This was happening the day before I would go into work for the week because my body was feeling scared and anxious. And I was trying to ignore it and go on and push through and clean the house and do what I had to. So I had went on and I was trying to, you know, do this. And all of a sudden I had such bad anxiety. I remember that night that I was tremoring in my sleep. My body was shaking and I walked, I woke up exhausted. Like I had ran a marathon, like so exhausted. I was shaking in my sleep and jolting and moving around. My husband was like, and I felt so sick in the morning and I couldn't breathe. I was going gasping for air. Like, and I, like, then I felt like my pain in my chest so bad. And then my husband said, I, I think you're having a heart attack. And I thought I was having a heart attack. And I went to, we rushed, we didn't go to the ER right away. Cause I said, no, 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 it can't be a heart attack. And I rushed to um, like those local urgent cares. And I explained my symptoms and they said, go to the ER right now. They look so scared in their face. They're like, go to the ER. Like, do not, do not stop anywhere. Go straight. To, would you like to get you an ambulance? And then I went. Long story short, when I got there, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. They tried to diagnose me there for 16 hours, running several tests, and they couldn't diagnose me. I went to several specialist sisters. Everything pointed to cardiac arrest on every level. I'm just going to be honest. And at the end of the day, guess what happened? I want to fast forward through my weeks of agony of exactly what it was. It was my job. I came to this point where I went to my husband and I said, what should I do? He said, I love you. No matter what happens, I will take care of everything as usual. You need to take care of yourself. Please do what's best for the sake of you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the kids. Because at one point, my husband was so scared, he thought he was going to lose me. And I, I really thought it was the end for myself because we have a heart um, condition in my family. And in the end, I had so many symptoms, sister, physical symptoms of anxiety, of shaking, of nervousness, of overwhelm, so many bad symptoms that I cannot describe to you. And things in my body, I know my body very well. I practice healthcare. I practice mindfulness. These were all things that as soon as I had signed on, I had moved to a new house, moved on to a new job. This was the new experience I had physically, mentally, emotionally. It was just overwhelming. And so my husband said, do what you got to do. I looked at him and I said, I feel the source of this is my job. I don't know why. The doctors couldn't tell me what was wrong with me. They couldn't diagnose me. Everybody had zero diagnosis. And in the end, 
I said, I think I know what I need to do. I prayed istikhara. I went to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I felt like I needed to do this. I marched on in there and I quit. And guess what happened? A lot of bad things. They didn't just let me go because they were angry that they thought that I was bringing light to this thing that I was doing to help people. They decided to attack me. They filed lawsuits against me and all types of things. Now my anxiety was even worse. I was scared to pieces because of that. But then I reminded myself that there is nothing to fear but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even if the nations were to gather against you, they couldn't harm you except if Allah prescribed. And I remember that hadith Rasulullah And even if the nations were gathered to help you, they couldn't accept if Allah prescribed. The pens have been lifted, the pages have dried. Nothing can hurt you. Allah will protect you if it's meant to be that way. So I said, Allah, I put this in your hands. I'm going to go forth. And I'm going to give all the names of all the people that did illegal things. And I'm going to walk away. And nothing was with vengeance. Believe me, even after all that, I did it literally. I renewed my intention and I walked away. Sisters, I cannot tell you how many times they tried to harm me. And by any means necessary, by any means necessary, when you're dealing with certain groups of people and you're in very high positions and you have very powerful positions and you work with powerful people. And I've told this to women before who are really big on getting careers as a hijabi out there. You have to set a precedence of what you stand for. And sometimes it's not easy, but guess what? I did it. And guess what? Guess what, guys? The minute I quit that job, even though they tried to attack me, do you know what happened? Every single one of my symptoms went away. I've told you guys several times on consultation calls that you have called me. Sometimes you have signs in your life. There are signs that one chapter needs to end and another needs to begin. I had to completely stop working in a profession that I loved in serving the community, serving people, to enter into a new chapter of my life that was me reaching another level and doing things I have never done, done before in a different way that was totally scary to me and new, but at the same time I knew was absolutely necessary for me to help Muslim women worldwide and to do everything I needed to do to support my family in a healthy way, to keep my ibadah to Allah, keep my, not, nothing needed to be hypocritical in my life. Time had to be used wisely. Time had to be of the utmost attention, right? Allah says time. No one misuses time except the losers. How are you using your time, sister? How was I using my time? It was all for productive things. I wasn't like surfing Netflix and like wasting time on TikTok. I was busying myself with dunya in ways that were providing for my family, but they were not the best ways. Allah told me this is going to kill you between the toxic environment at work, between the time that you lacked for yourself and your children. As women, these are important things. I implore women who are career women. And you might have heard me speak on other people's podcasts. I've been guests talking about seasons of your life. If you have small children, if you have babies, if you're finding your health is not well, do not push yourself. Look for alternative measures. So I'm there late at night in Qiyam al-Layl and I'm praying to Allah, please, Ya Rabb, please, Ya Rabb, show me another way, a better way. And you know what? Allah is the best keeper of promises and he did. And to this day, I'm telling you right now, I'm in the most amazing position I've ever been in my life. I have to remind myself that and thank Allah every day. Allah is sending me people every day to help me because he knows how much I love this community and I love what I do. I can't stop 
doing this work, it is what I'm made for. And if you don't know what your life's work is, then I implore you, I think, I don't remember what episode it is. If you go back, I have an episode on how to find your true purpose. And I want that for you. But what you need to do, sisters, my big message today is that you need to stop ignoring those signs. You need to ask for help. I have all types of links below to help you. You can reach out to me. You can have a private call with me. But these are things in your life that are super serious. They can cause you serious health risk. I have heart uh, condition in my family. It's genetic. And Allahu alam, if I would have kept that way, it would have killed me. Because stress does kill. It really, really does. It's a serious thing. There's scientific proof. And I want you to know that the levels of stress and anxiety that some of us as women are experiencing on a regular level, whether it's anxiety or, or sadness or just the overwhelm inside of us is really unhealthy. Not only is it not serving us, but it's not serving our family. How many people were just angry? We're just yelling in our house. We're just, we're just, we're just nervous. We're just responding really fast because we're stressed out. It's not good. It doesn't have to happen. There is help. That's why literally I built this community. So we have thrives. We have regular things. You're more than welcome to join us. That's why I'm opening the doors with open arms. Do not do this alone. All right. So I love you guys for the sake of a lot. I just want to leave that message today. You go on and you have an amazing weekend. We have a new YouTube. Um, you're going to see my bad day. See how I manage my stuff. Learn from me. I'm here for you. Learn from my mistakes so you don't have to make the same. And that's what I'm all about here. I want you guys to have the tools. And you know what? As soon as I got rid of that toxic environment and that situation, I went right back to my routine, went back to my morning journaling, went back to my morning Quran and dicker. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The help, the support. And then I surround myself with amazing women, like so many of you, the hundreds of you that are with us and thrive and the thousands within our school. I surround myself with women who are um, wanting to improve themselves and we're there together. Love it. Love it. Love you all for the sake of Allah. Definitely have an amazing, amazing weekend and don't ignore what's happening in your heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for you and all of you in your situations. Love you for the sake of Allah. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.